0: in the land of weird dreams the possibilities are endless you could live life as a hamster wanted to break free of his cage or a woman who wakes up to realize her life has been a dream and is actually a goddamn tree welcome to in the land of weird dreams in this week's dreams i was an alien and i went to the earth 10th october 2019 don't listen to this podcast close your eyes and dream it I am wide awake like most nights since her disappearance. I am having trouble sleeping. I close my eyes, but the city is unforgiving. Being awake here means the buzz of traffic and variety of odors will ensure you stay that way. So giving up on the rest, I got out of the bed. Let me introduce myself. I am Ali Khan of Zelia 7, a planet located just outside of the Xylan Nebula. My city, the one I was born, raised, and will most probably die in, is Yarvar, a wasp's nest of the wayward and the unsavory. Restless, I decide to take my ship out for a night's drive in the cosmos. Since it happened, I barely leave the house. Driving used to help me relax after a long day, but uh, now it just seems like a way to pass the time. The ship that I have, a Star Wagon X7, gleams, hardly used. Its main feature is a top-of-the-line interplanetary autopilot function, the hands-free way to cruise the galaxy. An hour or so later, I find myself drifting aimlessly through black, paying attention but only just. Stars flicker softly, and space junk floats casually by my window, filling in the blanks left by the darkness. And then, out of nowhere, a voice crackles over the ship's radio. At first, it's a completely inaudible. Slowly, the crackle fade, and the voice becomes clearer. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, Are you telling me you built a time machine? Asks a voice. I pause for a second, and then I nervously ask, Hello? Who is this? Hey, Scott! The voice yelled. Gruffer this time. Y- uh, your name is Scott? Confused, I asked. The only Scott I knew lived in a nearby city named Sylon. We were good friends throughout school. The last time I saw him was the night after graduation. The same night I met him for the first time. Haven't thought about him in years. I decide as I'm getting no response, I'll use my ship's voice recognition to figure out who the mysterious Scott is. I scan the sound frequencies. Nothing. Nada. I wait a couple of minutes, continuing to scan the voices and then results quantified. This sound frequency is from a visual medium existing exclusively on planet Earth titled Back to the Future. Back to the Future? The name doesn't even make sense. I scarf. As I ponder the unknown message, I realize that in a haze of memories, I have been traveling on autopilot for several hours. A big issue with this is in your relaxed state, you tend to lose track of where you are. Once after an exhausting day of work, I almost ended up in a black hole. Well, now I'm okay. I feel something knock my ship to one side. I feel it again. Tug at the ship's outer shell, the star wagon begins to shake. I can feel a pull, like an invisible hand grabbing at the outside of the ship, slowly dragging it backwards. I look out of my cockpit window. A vast mix of greens and blues loom over the ship. I take a deep breath, as if to reassure myself. It couldn't be, could it? It could be Earth. I close my eyes and I grit my teeth. Could it be possible that I had traveled this far? It is then I remembered a space geography lesson about the Earth. Unlike Xaelia 7, where we are freely floating through the air, Earth has an extremely strong gravitational pull. It means I am being pulled into the Earth's atmosphere. The clanging and pulling continue. The pressure inside the cockpit grows too. I vomit the five warm burger I'd eaten earlier. Since the event, I no longer had the patience or the energy to cook. So most nights, I settled for a bad takeout. And then, as soon as the rattling had begun, it stops. Foreign Planet Autopilot activated, says a voice from the ship's speaker. Confused, I I look out the window and realize I'm spiraling downwards, passing mist and clouds. On my way, I shut my eyes tight once more. A bright light surrounds my ship. I open them again to see endless, dusty plains stretching out for miles below me. Nothing moves as far as the eye can see. I feel alone, very, very alone and far from comfort. It is then that I hear a strange whirring noise and suddenly my ship falls from the sky like a drop of rain. The next thing I remember is looking out of the window to see a large fenced off area with metal play card outside the perimeter. How did I get here? Could the autopilot be that effective? Curious, I step outside of the ship and read the sign. Area 51 restricted. No trespassing beyond this point. I lose interest in the sign and I recall one of the last things Janie said to me. Some weird dudes came into the bar today. They didn't look, look like you and me. I heard them mumbling something about the perfect specimen. When they realized, as I was eavesdropping, they didn't stick around. All I remember is that I had ignored her back then, took it as an anecdote rather than a concern. Then the yelling begins. Hey, Janet, I told you if we came back here enough, we'd finally see one. No, that's just a guy in suit. Another shouted back. No, I think this is the real deal, said the first voice, the shrill tone getting closer. I look to my left and see two pasty pink mounds waddling in my direction. Shit, humans, startled, I do not run, and should I freeze in place, hoping that my stillness will throw them off? It doesn't, they waddle right up to me. Great Scott, fella, you're the real deal, huh? Great Scott, I think recalling the crackly voice on the ship radio, could this be the voice from the signal, I thought? I don't move. The other human approaches and tugs at my skin. She takes a step back, cringing at her hand, now covered in blue, xalian skin molecules. Oh, gross! If that's a suit, it's a damn good one. Irritated, I yell, look, it's not a suit. My name is Ali, and I'm exhausted, hungry, and completely lost. This doesn't register with them. I break down. Thoughts I'd buried for years begin to surface. Great tears stream down on my face as they land. They burn little holes in the ground of smoke rising with each drop. The human stare, half amazed, half ready to run. I continue to cry, filled with regret. Hey, uh, Mr. Uh, I know, you might not speak English, but if, if, if you will, well, if you even just want to talk, talk it out loud, Janet and I will, will listen. I begin to speak. To my surprise, even though they don't understand a word, they listen as I tell my story. I tell them how I married to a girl named Janie. We were happy. Our relationship was something both of us had been striving for most of our lives. Our city, a cosmic mess of corruption, had almost broken us until we found one another. We were both artists living for our passions and eventually one another. And then, in the blink of three eyelids, she was gone, taken in the night by who, I don't know. I'd exhausted every method trying to find her, from galactic private eyes to dirtier, uglier characters, no trace. It was as if she was a speck of sand blown from the face of Zalia with a single outward breath. Both humans look close to tears, as if my emotions alone had told them all they needed to know. One walks up to me and wraps their clammy hands around me. She doesn't seem to care that my blood is staining her clothing. For a moment, I feel comfort. Then she lets go. Are you going to be okay, you think? says the other. Relucting to put their ears through any more zalian, I nod, wiping the gray from my second eye. As we stand there, two completely different life forms acknowledging each other's pain, quietly understanding. I hear a loud rumble further along the track where I stand. In the distance, I see a large mass heading towards us. We gotta go. You should too. Yells one of them humans as they dive behind a nearby patch of dead grass. I, too, make a run for the nearest burnout shrub. The mass approaches, taking up the clouds of sand as it darts forward. Minutes later, it pulls over right beside my ship. A short, plump human steps out. He's wearing a sickly brown clothing. He holds some kind of communication device to his lips, staring at the star wagon. Gordon to the base, Gordon to the base, we've got another, the second this week. Base to Gordon, really? Another? Have you checked inside? The last one had some interesting contents. A voice replied back, the signal crackling all this time. Nothing going on here, just an empty shell, said the man in brown. It's then that everything stops, everything except the next words the voice on the other end says. Another grey tear runs down my face as I hear it. Well, I guess our little Janie's going to be alone a little while longer. We'll send a truck for whatever you got there. <laughs> <laughs> they laugh. The man steps back into the vehicle. A gate at the perimeter of the site opens and a vehicle disappears slowly down a dirt track. I try to cry out, but I can't. I try to get up and run after the vehicle. I can't move. I'm stuck in a place. I start to shake trying to move my legs, they're stiff and lifeless. And boom, I awake to my legs kicking at the sheets. It was a dream. I take a deep breath and I feel so thankful, glad that there is no Janie, no man in brown. I walk around for a while thinking about the smaller details of my dream, safe in the knowledge that I'm not Ali the alien, but Ali the human being. I hope so at least What a mess With this You've reached the end Of the episode 9 Go ahead Follow our Instagram page weird Dreams underscore podcast As always I wish you A wonderful dream tonight Thank you for listening